The witch's cackle burns the eye that sees the danger you are in. Sometimes we're wrong, but we want to prove that we are right, so we begin. Watch out, there's a sword and it's coming for your neck. In this battle for salvation, in this battle for salvation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 16 of the Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworlds podcast. This is Max Bernstein. I'm Randall Slate. And holy crap, so much happened in the last two days. We leave for a couple weeks and everything's ruined now. You know what? It's summertime. Like, I'm on vacation a little yeah. bit, right? I'm trying to relax. Exactly. And now you're a potato and then in we're my like, deck. I know, exactly. It's like, we're like, hey, we should probably get an episode in. I don't know. You want to do it this weekend? All right. I mean, what's happening? Yeah, nothing. nothing's going on, really. Nah, so cool. We go and we do the show notes and we're like, ah, what are we going to talk about? I don't know. We started like just like spitballing ideas. It's mm -hmm, like we're in the mm -hmm. summer doldrums. And then it's just like, boom, beast grave. Yeah. Sweet. Boom. New woo bar. Holy nuts. Yeah. New woo bar. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but before we do, let's talk about a couple of upcoming tournaments happening in the Northeast region, New England, New York region of the United States. Uh, we have uh, the portal. Uh, in Manchester, Connecticut, that is uh, next Saturday. That's the Triple Threat Tournament uh, by uh, being run by uh, Chris Spark. Uh, that is the one where uh, you get you have to have three faction-specific objectives, gambits, and upgrades. No restricted cards, so basically no cards yeah. because they're all restricted now. Yep. Um, but you do get to pull one of those crazy band cards out and mm. use that one and absolutely ruin somebody's day. Um, so that's going to be on, again, that's Saturday the 27th, next Saturday. Um, let's see. The second uh, Battle for Salvation organized play kit tournament will be taking place on August 3rd. That's a Saturday. It will still be at the Harrison Rec Center in Harrison, New York. Um, that starts at 11 a.m. It will be running at the same time as a decently large 40K tournament. Yeah. So it's pretty much GW all day, all the time. Um, feel free to get in early. The The 40K tournament starts at like 9 o'clock in the morning. So if you want to just come in and see some crazy 40K but, action. Yeah. The, also with that, there might also be a bit swap, we call it. And that's basically where... People, if they want to, can bring some models that are kind of collecting dust on their on their shelves, maybe, or maybe new in box product that is kind of like a swap meet. Oh, cool. So, if you have any um, new in box or decently functional painted models that you want to get rid of, you might be able to make a trade or pick up something new or get some cash. So, bring sure. some extra stuff if you got it. And mostly uh, for 40k because it's a 40k tournament, I wouldn't bother bringing any uh, like inbox Age of Sigmar stuff. All right, and and um, and that's going to be just a standard OP kit tournament. Uh, mm -hmm. we have the we have the we have the kit, we have the the shade glass trophy, um, and then whatever else Bobby has lying around, he always has something good, yeah. So there'll probably be a lot of other door prizes and other stuff. Um, and then uh, the very next weekend on Saturday. At the Rift in Peekskill, they'll be doing another uh, Underworlds tournament. Um, I'll be going to that one, definitely. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I'll probably be TOing it. That's um, on August 10th. That's on August 10th. Yeah. And then, um, and that's Shade Glass Tournament as well. Um, and then I go away on vacation on the 17th. So I'll be gone. And then when I get back on the very next day, when I'm incredibly jet lagged, Randall, you and I will be driving down to Nova in, uh, in Virginia. Yikes. And, uh, and that will be a grand clash right there. Um, that is a grand clash that takes place. If it's the same schedule as last time over four days where you yeah, play, it's rough. It's a little weird. You play two rounds on Thursday night, one on Friday night, one on Saturday, uh, Saturday night. And then you get split into pods of eight players. Mm-hmm. And then, um, the object is to win your pod. And the, the grand clash winner is whoever wins the top pod. Right. And I will be trying to break on through to that. Yeah. It's over four but days because I think a lot of people play other stuff. Yeah. Wanted to, wanted to make sure they got in their tournaments for age of Sigma or 40 K or war machine or whatever they else they play at. at Nova. Yeah. So that's be, why it's I'll, broken I'll, down. Let's see. I'm going to be playing the, uh, in the X wing heat two on Saturday. Um, right. although I have barely played X wing in the last three months, yeah. like at all, um, because this game's so good. All right. Well, that'll be fun. That should be fun. Um, but we'll be there. If you're there, uh, come by and, and say hi. Yeah. It's going to be um, huge this year. There's ever, a lot of people are going. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be big from all over all right. the place. Yeah. And I, I know I'm on Cur- uh, Kusro from, uh, from, yeah. uh, what is it? He's going to be there and, uh, be good to see him there. Cause, uh, I told him I challenged him to a game and, right. uh, and so we'll be playing against each other no matter what. Yeah, you guys haven't played yet, I don't think. I don't know. Well, we did once. We played a can game together. Oh, all right. Yeah. That doesn't count. Um, mm, yeah, I mean, it does. All right. Anyway, so uh, so that's what we got going on. That's uh, Thursday, uh, August 29th, all the way up to Sunday, uh, September 1st. Yep. All right. Uh, a couple shout outs before we get uh, going. Jonathan Davis, the other half of Path to Glory, um, who was doing Wiggle Hammer and now has like put out like a beta version of it i think i i feel as though it's the same thing but it's like much more consolidated and and like just like really information rich um this website called well of power um which is unfortunate because he just got restricted um anyway but if you go on it's that a good it's name a, though it's a good name oh yeah yeah i i know it's very it's very well chosen um but it's great. It's got um, a bunch of deck guides, um, community deck guides, and then you can create a deck. Um, it's got content library, which he had on Wigglehammer, where you can just kind of go in there and just click on things, and and uh, it'll bring you to you know articles from everybody: Steel City, Kenny Roll Crit, Cataphrane, Call Shadespire, all the podcasts and everything like that. It's all up there. Um, it's very impressive. Yeah, he does all the event data, which is really crazy, where he compiles which warbands are winning at what rates, um, which is pretty cool to look at. Um, other resources, a lot of great stuff. So um, I do suggest you go on, on wellofpower.com, go take a look at it, peruse. Um, it really is kind of like just like a hub of information. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Um, and also I wanted to point out, um, so everybody who's been on those those Facebook forums uh, has definitely run into a post by somebody who has said, hey, I'm new to the game. I have the core set and you know the Guardians expansion and the Skaven expansion. Anybody have any deck ideas? And we're all like, ah. Oh. 
like, oh, that one's in this uh, one. No, you can't do that. Oh, I don't yeah. even know what's in that, right? So here's an interesting thing. And so you can you can send them to underworldsdb.com, which is my deck builder of choice. Um, and there is a new function on it where if you go to, oh, I shouldn't hit that button. There's a new function on it where you hit this thing called build a deck and it's a little punny automagically. Yuck, but but it's a great little resource. And what you do is you go on there, you select a warband. So I'm going to do this one right now. I will select, oh, let's select uh, Thorns. Mm -hmm. like Thorns of the Briar Queen. And then it says, uh, select the card sets that you own. So I'm going to say I have the Night Vault core set. I have the uh, Echoes of Glory. So I'll check the Reavers and the Stormcast. And I have the Guardians. And I have, I'm just making this up, but like, you know, there are people who say this stuff, right? Uh, let's say I have the, the Gits expansion. Okay. And then I just click build your deck and it just builds you a deck out of that. And it's not necessarily great or terrible, but it's certainly a starting point. Um, and it's not terrible. Um, sometimes they pick some good stuff. Uh, ooh. Well, I think they probably compare it to what's on like the hot list on Underworlds DB. Yeah. And they make sure they include those and then... Other than that, they have some kind of data that, that should yeah, that shows when certain cards pop up or well, here's how well what, they're they're rated. Here's what it made for me. Let's see. As Negash commands, death sentence, drag them down, execution, swarming spirits, which is actually pretty good. Take the city, treacherous foe, always good in that deck. Hold objective three. <laughs> I don't know about that. Keep them guessing. That's a good mm. one. Um, martyred. Good one for them. Opening gambit is sure. A couple of a uh, couple of uh, yeah. So you get it? the idea. Yeah, and it just puts it just puts something together, and then these people have like a place to start. Right. Um. See, put potion of rage, great strength, great fortitude, glory seeker, fain way, duelist speed, inescapable vengeance. Like it, it's yeah, those are all fine. Decently, it's picking decently good ones. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's certainly good for a starting point, especially if you have somebody who's only has a few of the expansions. So, uh, so go and take a look at that. And if anybody says, Hey, I got these things, just say, Hey, go to underworlds DB, click on the auto magical deck maker or whatever it is, and just click in what you got and it'll make something for you. All right. Awesome. Beast grave. Don't call it Shadespire anymore. It's beast grave. I don't want to call it even. I don't beast even grave. want to call it oh, that. God. I mean, Sounds whatever. Like it sounds like a metal band for a bunch of teenagers. I mean, they all sound like that. Ah, this one in particular. Beast Grave. Yeah, I don't know. Beast Grave. This is bad. Whatever. I mean, it's season three, dude. All right. I love season three. Yeah. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. Anyway, so we did have a trailer and a still image that we got on the. This was from. What was this called? Warhammer Age of Sigmar Open Day, which I assume is at Warhammer World. And that's typically where they have like a tournament and they have um, some workshops and demo games for their upcoming products. So in the trailer, we saw some interesting things. First of all, we had this narration that says that they found a tear in reality where they were actually able to escape the the mirrored city which is interesting and that kind of opens up a lot of possibilities for where the game could go in the future you know if you can escape from the the glass city or whatever 
they could go anywhere pretty much. But in this one, they've chosen to go to the the realm of Gur, or Gur, or however Gur. you want to pronounce it. There are there are nine mortal realms in Age of Sigmar, and the realm of Gur is the realm of beasts and untamed savagery, where only the strong survive. Uh. And uh, it's typically has you know lots of you know scary beasts and also. I'm just gonna the let you take care of this, Randall. You go right. ahead with this. Go, sure. go ahead, enjoy, enjoy. I'm gonna uh, go. Uh, I'm gonna go get get some tea. Yep. It is the realm of the Iron Jaws, which are the the That's orcs. The, orcs right? the yep the yeah. the, the hey, orcs that, that we know and love. Sure. From season one. Does that mean we're gonna get another orc? I Boy, hope man. so. I really hope so because that other one got. I would. You know. I wouldn't behind. even care if they were just like. Here's twenty new cards for the orcs faction. The old right, we'll, we'll, we'll get to our wish lists in yeah. a minute. Okay, yeah. fine. So in the trailer, we did see some some like silhouettes. We didn't see the full models. We saw some silhouettes. The first one you you're presented with is what looks to be a beast man, uh, uh, possibly a gore or a bestigore. And he's kind of holding his axe up like that. And then right next to him is a centaur, or could be a centagore from the Beastman faction. And those are pretty interesting. Next we have um, what looks to be like a wood elf. I got, it, re- it really reminds me of Godsworn Hunt, to be honest, because the hair is all swoopy up in the, in the air. Um, but the bow itself has like little flower petals on it or leaves and it looks like it's made out of like the branches of a tree rather than like refined wood that human bows would be made out of so uh wood elves in age of sigmar are kind of like sort of a legacy faction at this point they don't have their own book so they might be trying to like revive the wood elves as a faction for age of sigmar by putting them in underworlds first so that's pretty exciting. Okay. Um, they kind of like they have redone a lot of the elf factions from the old ones. Like they did, um, the dark elves are now basically just all witch elves and and like beast tamers. And then the wood elves I thought were would, would get absorbed into the Sylvaneth faction, and then they made this whole new faction of elves called the Idoneth Deepkin. So. Maybe this will be either. This is either just a straight up reboot of Wood Elves, or it might be something completely different that ends up like absorbing the Wood Elves into its into its fold. <coughs> and then the the next, the only other model we see is yet another centaur looking. It's either a centaur or it's like a guy riding on a horse, and he has like big antlers, which could be a helmet with antlers, like kind of like Archaon has or whatever, or something like that. But like um, the Knights of Me. Right, it does kind of look like that, <laughs> except they didn't have horses. But I hope it does, because then, I, first of all, I will totally paint them to look like that. Of and course. Second of all, <laughs> that I will say, I will say me again to you. Yeah. You Every game, it, it won't Every get game. annoying. Yeah. It won't right. get annoying. Yeah, sure. It won't get annoying because you're gonna want to. You gotta play with somebody. Right. So that's what we've. That's that's all we've seen so far. We know it's in the realm of Gur, which has a lot of beasts and orcs in it. And we Spear saw what else. Get a buff. 
Of course, yeah. So of course, it's, since since it's in the realm of Gur, which is the realm of beasts and orcs, we're going to get three new Stormcast Eternal factions right of away. Course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly what happened. By the way, Sphere of Gur for everybody. Just just side note that that it's based. I always thought it was based on where you were at the time of the casting. And it's like, it's actually where you are at the time of the attack. Right. It's a right. literal sphere. It's a of literal influence. sphere around the caster. So if you run out of the sphere of Gehur to make the attack, you don't get the bonus right. anymore. Weird card. Well, it, it kind, kind of a little screwy on the uh, on how it's how it's written. Um, yeah. I, 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 it'll probably come up in the next FAQ. So now we're going to get into a little bit of wish listing here. Sure. What both of us want to see from season one itself and what do you got randall I, i'm you know my my wish list up until seeing this video was just to see a real elves faction like whether it was witch elves or idonic deepkin or like the return of high elves or wood elves just I, I didn't really get like the whole elf vibe from um the yothari guardians that felt more like a sylvaneth type thing so I'm glad that it looks like we're getting some kind of wood elves thing, or it might just be like wild humans or something like that. But I'd, I'd like to see a real elves faction. I'd like to see Idonath Deepkin because they're they're pretty awesome, or witch elves because they're because they're hot. All right. Anyway, oh. and the next thing I want to see is wait, 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 wait. Go back to circle back to that for a second. What's that? I don't know. Look up look up dark elf witch elves if you want. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Anyway, uh, the next faction I'd like to see is just some regular ass humans. Right, just dark, wait, wait. Yeah. Dark elf, dark elf. What? Witches, witch elves. Witch elves. Yeah. All right. All right. I just want a a war band that is just full of regular humans, not heroes or wizards or stormcast eternals, not chaos cultists like Godsworn. Oh. I just want to see some guys with some empire guys with some pantaloons and feathered caps. Maybe they have oh, halberds. I love or, man. Yeah halberds or muskets or oh yo yeah witch elves is this them yep yeah i like that yeah yeah we want that oh man i want that one yeah okay anyway i want i just want to see some like musketeer looking regular human guys i think that would be a good addition to the game cool then the other thing i was thinking about would be you know in this article from the warhammer world open day they also previewed a new uh ogre model he's the new ogre tyrant and he looks awesome and so i think they might have an ogre's faction since we're in the realm of gur um that might be a good addition uh we have and then the other two chaos gods i'd like to see warbands for them nurgle and slanesh i want to see some slanesh i want yeah. some after hours of warhammer right i want you some not me, safe I know for work and you're like this is what slanesh looks like i'm like wow there's a lot of bikini looking things yeah. on that. That's pretty good. That's not, I like that. Right. All right. So yeah, I, and and then the other thing is that they've made new models recently for both Nurgle and Slanesh. So it just seems like a good they fit. Yeah. They just came out with a ton of new stuff for Slanesh recently, like within the past two months. So I hope they do. Anyway, so what's on your wish list for season three? Um, well, I think that I, I have a bad feeling, not a bad feeling. I just have a feeling that when, when, uh, when season three comes out, there's going to be some sort of like leaving behind of season one. And I feel like with a lot of the other ones, like, 
um, you know, you know, Stormcast has been done over and over again. You know, um, we have uh, the dwarves got redone. Um, I, I feel as though there are some of the uh, the factions from season one who are kind of not as viable now, and I hope that they get some sort of like like upgrade faction. So I hope, like for instance, like we get another orc faction. Which if you, if you're saying that Gahur has a lot of orcs in it or something yeah. like that, has, okay. They could so that, do the savage orcs. There's a there's a tribe of orcs called like savage orcs, and they're smaller than iron jaws, and they have like bows and kind of more primitive weapons. Sure, but I mean, just something because I'm I'm sure there are people out there that just love to play orcs and they would like to also be able to be competitive. Right. So um, so I hope they do that. I mean, maybe another skeleton warband, but it looks like that wouldn't be thematic. Um, just for people who love to play, you know, skeletons. Um, so yeah, we did that. get skeletons and uh, night haunt in the form of thorns of the briar queen, but there still are uh, ghouls. Yep. And vampires, which we haven't. Ooh, vampires. For, cool. Yeah. So yeah. they might might bring one of those, uh, the Flesh Eater Court or Vampire Counts, something like that. Sure. Just, 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 uh, you know, just more stuff from, because I, I, I feel as though a lot of people who play this game, they're very attached to certain, like certain factions or certain, like, you know, races. What do you call mm. them? What do you call factions. them? Factions. Factions, like certain factions. And I feel just like some of them become... From especially from season one, have just been less uh, less competitive, and I, I feel like bringing you'd bring some people back into the game if they if they could play something they liked. Oh yeah, I just I, actually I just thought of this. If they make another version of Skaven, there's only one version of Skaven, yeah, in the game, but there are uh, certain there are different like Skaven clans that focus on different things, and there's one clan I forgot what the name is called, but they have like all these kind of machines that make this that like shoot warp fire or Ooh. bombs or poison or something like that so they could make another faction of skaven where like one guy has like a warp fire thrower that like sits in the back and one guy has you know, they might have like a rat ogre or something like that one huge Ooh. yeah all right i'd be cool with that um all right so something like that or um or maybe just straight upgrade packs for the factions from season one to just bring them like back into relevance i i don't know i i find it I, I wouldn't feel bad if they like banned a lot of the cards from season one. Um, but I, especially the universals. Um, but I mean, people spent a lot of time putting together those factions and painting them and making them nice and spending time with them. You know, I, I just, I, I feel like they got to do something to bring those factions back into relevance. Yeah. It'd be cool um, if they made a pack kind of like power unbound where they, rather than yeah. putting like universal cards in it, just put like, five or six cards for each of the old factions. Yeah. Just to, just, just to bring it back into it in one uh, pack. Yeah. I mean, I, I was reading uh Steven Vans thing about, um, about where he took uh, season one and compared it to season two. And uh, I think that the, 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 the too long didn't read version of that is that the major thing that, um, that, that season two had over season one was, uh, was the range attacks. Like that was like the one thing, that you know and even like even range two mm -hmm. you know because almost everything in season one it, with the exception of scritch and the far striders everything else was range one right i'm, I'm not wrong well, about scritch that, and the warden and the far warden, striders, yeah. right okay so there you go so um so so the, the but the range attack thing just really tips the scales and whereas and he, he looked at you know like the damage output he looked at the accuracy he looked at the 
you know, the, the wounds, the total wounds. And he found that there's, there's actually not a statistically large difference between the two, <clears throat> except for when it comes to range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, range is very important in the game now. It is, it is, it has become a big deal. So, um, so I, I, something to maybe just throw some of these guys a bone mm-hmm. and just, you know, get them back in it or, or replace them with similar factions in season three that, that have yeah. the same kind of feel. Right. And that make people be like, all right, I'll switch to this version of the orcs because this one's actually competitive and I get to still play orcs. Yeah. So that's exactly. What I like. um, we also came up with a rules change with uh, wish list. Um, right. This is the this important part. I- yeah. And this first idea was yours, Randall. Go ahead. Well, you know, when I saw the trailer and I saw that there was a either either it was two centaurs or one centaur and one riding one guy riding on a horse it's it's a little unclear but i would think you might want to designate for like light versus heavy units right so like for example a petitioner or a chain rasp or whatever is a light unit whereas a heavy unit would be malog. a centaur or malog or Maybe even like Urzag. Sir, yeah, or Storm Sire, yeah, something like that, and then have different restrictions on what they can can and can't do, and then also have them award your opponent more glory when they die. Right, like Malog. Yeah, if you think about it, Malog right now is one glory if you kill him, and then you know, like uh, Gallinghan and uh, let's say uh, Scathel which are also, you know, seven wounds total and the same and like actually more defense, but whatever. But the point is that it takes two shots to kill them. And when you spend those two shots to kill them, you get two glory. Whereas it would take the same two shots to kill uh, Molog and you only get one. Or you, pretty much anybody in the game can one shot a chain rasp or right a, a petitioner or a git. And you get one glory from that. However, if you spend nine actions to kill Malog, you still only get you still one. Still only get one. Yeah, right. and like four cards too. So it's like So by designating yeah. him a heavy unit, you would get at least like an extra glory for, for yeah. making the kill. And the heavy units are so pat like Malog is so powerful with his extra you know ability to still activate after he's charged once. Right. That you could give him some sort of extra restriction, like maybe he can't maybe it costs more to upgrade him or he can only have certain upgrades or something like that. Give him, give him some kind of nerf to um, keep up with his, his such as potential ability. His high potential. Sounds good. Um, The next one we had uh, was that uh, we thought that there should be some way that standing on objectives would be more viable. Yeah. The objectives are, it's, it's rough to run, uh, the objectives in this game and a lot of times they just don't matter and then they have this confusing thing where at the end of the game you can break ties by standing on them right so i would but, like them to to make just make the uh, the objectives on the board matter more there, there's so much that you can do to prevent somebody from standing in an objective it's yeah. harder than killing a chain rasp <laughs> Yeah. You know, um, speaking of which, by the way, Thorn seems to be like the the only uh, warband that seems to do a good job at standing on objectives. Right. And because and the, the reason for that is because there, you only get four activations in one round. So if you want to be able to to to, you know, set up your whole game 
score your maybe your score immediately objectives you need to dedicate you know activations to that and also to standing on the objectives so right. when you have a warband like gits and um thorns of the briar queen that, that can are, actually like yeah that can move multiple on, models per on one time, activation yeah. that really becomes the only way the only warband that can really interact with the with the uh objectives at this point in the game because it's so easy to knock people off with the ranged attacks and the ranged attacks usually get a lot of dice so you, all you have to do is hit you don't have to do any damage really you just have you to just get push, one yeah. hit and unless they roll a crit then you're going to push them off a lot of the time that is true um and i don't have a good way to i don't have a suggestion <laughs> maybe somebody who's uh who's got more time to devote can like come up with a suggestion of what to do to make them more viable but um i like i like the idea of the game having a lot of different possible play styles instead of just like aggro yeah which seems to be like most of it or stand back and yeah or do score immediately until your opponent comes in then bop them and kill them easily yeah all right so we got two but i mean it'd be nice to have a few other ones um and and i think you know i remember objective holding being more of a thing in the past and i'd like to see it make at least a little bit just just so that we can have more variety in the game and just make it more interesting all right uh we also said for for season three um don't make so many score immediately cards yeah stop making good efficient score immediately cards you're just going to have to restrict them. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, and the, the, in my opinion, the score immediately cards should all be hard to do and only give you one glory ever. Yeah. And what and they're getting way too easy to do, like shortcut and um calculated well, risk requires you to like put Well, it requires you to just have a card, yeah, whatever. Right. The, the, I think they should be more like um advancing strike or victorious duel or something like that you know where you have to actually kill someone victorious duel is a is a two score though. right but yeah but you have to kill their leader you with your specific leader. lead yeah yeah right it should it should they should have more restrictions on them well they like, should car, yeah car they should just storm is a joke. yeah because yeah it just makes the game it warps the game to be you know that your opponent just is able to constantly score glory and put upgrades out during the middle of the round. And it's just way too strong. Yeah. And so, and then some of some factions like thorns of the briar queen, um, thundrix profiteers and, um, curse breakers have really stupidly easy ones to do in their faction. Like all you have to do is cast one spell successfully to do the one or do a reaction. Super easy. Yeah. yeah. Or get a crit when you roll the, a range attack with the guy that rolls four dice so it's like yeah right all right make, make so the end of game ones award more glory and make them easier to do and make the immediate ones only do one glory and make them harder to do they can't just rifle through your whole deck yeah and that's just that's just writing them you know so that they're just at least a little bit more difficult i yeah. mean that's they they have to, they have to write stuff in to make them a little less uh choice yeah um all right so the, so the next uh, the next idea that we had was um an idea that's that's been in other games before and has worked out i i feel in other games like um we we were talking about the card pool and we kind of we kind of touched on this a, a few minutes ago but the idea of like for instance uh well you, you know i'll 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 use x-wing as an example because that's my that's my other game. 
um, is that they have uh, they have they switched to version 2.0 a little while back and uh, everybody had all these, these, uh, these ships that they still wanted to play, but the, uh, but the company wanted to like kind of push the newer ships that they wanted to put out. Um, and so what they did was that they split the, the tournament styles into something called hyperspace and extended. Um, whereas uh, extended is you can play anything that ever came out for the, for the game at any point. And then hyperspace is basically just stuff in the, in the second edition of the game. Um, that's, that's come out so far and they, uh, they'll, they'll like tweak which, what it is. So, and, and in magic, the gathering, they have this too, right? Yeah. Well, it's called standard, which is that they have a lot of different versions in magic, the gathering, just cause that game has been going on for yeah. almost 30 years at this point. I mean, I, but, I played it when I was in like middle school. So. Exactly. Yeah. So they have standard, which is basically only the newest, cards from like the past two years and then they have other formats called modern and legacy where you can play all the old cards from you know 10 15 years ago in that and they have different tournament events right so yeah yes because look it's for the game and for the for, for the game going forward i feel as though like maybe a lot of season one cards should just kind of not be used very much or maybe just be completely banned. Well, you know, I think like yeah. the entire season, except think, for maybe the faction specific stuff. Yeah, maybe at the end of season three. And right. if we go into season four, then I think, or maybe even now. Maybe even now. Yeah, I think that we should phase out all the universal cards for season one. But depending on the tournament the style. So you right. can have a style where you're allowed to use. Anything on the band and restrict anything that's not on you know the band list, you got to have the restricteds. You know five restricteds. That's all you get. But you're allowed to go all the way back to the beginning of the game, and that could be like one type of tournament. And then you can also have another style of tournament where you're just using stuff from the last two seasons. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't just do the, the current season because then you're basically everybody's going to be playing out of the core box for the first month. Yeah. So it would have to be at least the, whatever's come out during the season. Plus the well, that's usually season. how it goes anyway. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I think, it, so I, th I think to have two different versions of like, and, and standardize them, like actually put them in the, in the, in the organized play rule book. Mm -hmm. Like you can either do this version or you can do that version. You can either do it best of three. You can do it best of one, but you can have all these different like types of um, tournaments and that will change the, the deck building for each one. It'll, well, make it a little, it'll, it'll, you know, give people like this kind of exciting thing to do. Oh, I I'm playing, you know, just season two and three and it's a best of one. So um, I got to figure out, you know, what do I want to play? And I got to take, you know, pick things that kind of work with that stuff. Whereas in a different one, you might be playing a best of three, but you get to play everything from the beginning of season one. That's a different tournament, different deck, different approach. Well, yeah, they're and they're running into this dilemma now where the since there are so many cards in, in the game and so many of the season one ones are so strong. Yeah. Where they have to, you know, restrict everything and people's deck, even though they restrict things, a lot of people's decks look kind of the same. Even with the restricting. So they're 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 coming up on this dilemma here where they have to either rotate the cards from season one or even all the war bands, or they have to just start banning tons of cards, banning and restricting tons of cards, which is kind of where we're going right now. We'll get to that. But I think yeah. ha having this split where you have, let's say, standard, where you can only run season two and three, that will 
you know, kind of spice up the game for people that are regular players, regular spenders. You know, it'll encourage people to buy more of the newer products. And then for the people who are maybe play more casually who want or are playing for, you know, uh, fluff or preference reasons, they can still play with the or or even uh, financial reasons. They can still play in, a, in an event where they can use all their old cards and they could even have different ban lists for each one where like, you know, if you if you're playing an extended, you might, you know, since the cards are also powerful from season one, you might not need to restrict a lot of things. So I think I think splitting it like this is is probably the correct thing to do because you'll right. you'll make both people happy. Let let let's see how they let's see how they play it. But you'll make um, the, yeah, you'll make the the competitive players happy because the 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 meta doesn't get stale, and you'll make the more casual players happy because they won't have to buy all new things, and they'll still have stuff to do. So yeah, that's my take. All right, so I, I mean I'm super looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm 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 stoked. Um, I'm almost done painting up all the, uh, all the night vault series. I just have to finish my dwarves and then do the ghosts and I'm good. Yep. So I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, okay. Also in the news, uh, ATC man, ATC happened. Yeah. Um, I couldn't go cause it was during, as I've mentioned before, it was during a family vacation and, um, you were there, but you were playing in the BFS. Well, yeah, forty k team. I went for I went for forty k with the with the the Battle for Salvation team because Battle for Salvation is a you know mainly forty k gaming club, and we did pretty well. We went we had a record of four one and one. Uh, we lo- we we lost one game to a very good team, and then we technically tied even though we um we we, we were seven points ahead. You have to actually beat the other team by a combined score of of twenty one points. In order to get a, a win, I, so, I don't know why that would make sense, but okay. Well, because it's a, because it's a team tournament, you have five simultaneous games going on. Oh, so they can all the same be like, time. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so yeah. what you do is you compare the scores at the end, and then if it if if uh, one team has beaten the other team by at least twenty one, then you get a, a win. Okay. Um. So yeah, we did have a tie, and we ended up getting eleventh overall out, out of, of 80, teams? 84 teams. That's pretty good. From all over the from, from all, all over the, the world. Yeah. All over the world. Like where where were people coming in oh, from? Canada, England. Nice. There might have been some Australian teams there, I'm not sure, but they definitely Canada and England. All right. Um shout out to all our Australians. We know that there we I, I know that we have some Australian listeners out there. Of course. That, that that tickles me that you guys are out there listening like all the way across the world. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, and then our so we we also did get the best team spirit award because of our sweet jerseys we made. Oh, the jerseys, yeah, yeah, man. Well, we had a we had a jer- we had jerseys and then a uh, display board with the logo nice. on it and everything. So when we put all the armies on there and took pictures and everything, you got spirit. Yes, you do. And then you're wearing that at uh, you're gonna be wearing that at Nova, right? Sure, absolutely. Then um, at our our Space Marines player got best in faction. He actually won all of his games over the course of the six rounds. He he, he won every single one, even though you know our team didn't win every single game. But he's a David uh, Cowens, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, and so and then he has a beautifully painted army, and he's just a crazy individual. So he got the best in faction. All right, cool. Um, so and uh, and of course there was the the first. Uh, american team tournament mm-hmm. 
at this one, which was uh, won by uh, our good buddies, Aman, John, and, uh, and Davey. Yep, and they uh, had to play our other buddies, Duncan and Dean Bills. Right. Yep, they played who, Duncan and Dean. Right. And, uh, and, and we, what did what did we say? We're like, oh, D- Dean should just like take his brother and just go there and just show up because he's gonna have. Well, they. I, I thought he was ready, gonna take his two brothers, to but they actually had a they had a Merc who was a very nice guy, very very good painter as well, and a good player. Okay. And uh, and they came in second. Yep. But uh, but Pod Squad made it to uh, made it first. Yeah, and exciting I, games. I, I, I hear was they able were incredibly watch. exciting. Yeah, I was able to watch some of the end ones, but um, I would definitely want to steer you towards the the Path to Glory podcast to get the full breakdown. Yeah, the one from it was like last week, and Davey was on it, and they just talked about what happened. So if you want to know what happened during that, that's where we're just going to direct you right there. Yeah, we're not going to really cover it in this because because I wasn't there. Yep, and you didn't play. So yeah, so. Go to go to Path to Glory podcast to get the full breakdown on ATC. It's very exciting. All right, and then of course there was another uh, Warhammer World Grand Clash, uh, and that happened the weekend before, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and that was won by uh, Neil Snowball Hill, who I believe is in Michael Carlin's circle somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, and he was playing. Uh, he was playing Molog, and. Um, and we got to talk about this deck. We got to talk quick. about this deck for like a second, though, because with the new Wubar, it's like these are mainly just dead decks. Like you can't play these anymore. Well, yeah, they have I mean, so but many... the, the general idea is kind of the same. This is kind yeah. of the new meta that we're seeing with Malog. And I yeah. think we should explain I, this real quick before. And I, well, I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it because I I played something incredibly similar to this um, a few times already. And um, I kind of like it. And Davey was playing basically um a, a a team tournament version of this deck but he couldn't have he didn't have ready for action he didn't have a couple of other things because you know either mon or john had had it mm-hmm. so um but but it's a tome monologue deck right. where basically you you look like you're going to attack and then you like pull back and sit in the back and then just like read books as davy calls it yeah the the erudite troll as he calls it. Um, so yeah, you just kind of sit in the back and well, let's um, explain why this is strong, right? So first we have oh, this card God. called Acolyte of the Cataphranes. Right. Right. And this is score in the third end phase if you have at least one surviving friendly fighter that has at least one cataphrane tome. And then you get extra glory for having extra tomes on that same guy. Yeah. Right. And, and then oh, all- and just just hold on a little quick thing. The trap here is uh sometimes is that people will load all of the tomes onto one guy, one fighter, and then that fighter gets sniped. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of read the situation and see if it's like kind of copacetic to do that. Um, but but what you can also do is if you have all of them, you could put like three of them on Molog and then kind of like wait with the other few of them and kind of wait. And then maybe if you have to and Molog gets killed, you throw them on the Batsquake or something like that so that you at least score something. Because Acolyte says... You, you pick uh, basically like you pick a fighter right and it's just like however many they have on them well, yeah like let's say you have two fighters with and they each have three tomes on them you can choose which one you can only choose right. one of those fighters and then you get glory based on how many tomes they have one yeah plus. you have to choose one of the fighters yeah so if you split it three and three you'll still get three well four because you get one plus one glory amount. point no 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 it's it's just one no no it's one it's not one plus that it's oh, okay, one never mind. right gain what? one glory for each cataphrane oh, okay. I read it, wrong. Have. it says one plus on the bottom there yeah that's okay, weird anyway. i don't think that's what it means i think it means one per so yeah, like if you right. just have Forget tome of vitality on it 
you get one. Correct. Right. So, and then the other reason why Molog works well with with this kind of deck is because a lot of these tomes have actions printed on them, and Molog well, can actually charge and then still activate the well, the ability yeah. on the charges well, it, have... or on the tomes. I mean. Well, there's a two of them you're going to use anyway, because you're going to use Tome of Vitality and Tome of Offerings anyway, because they're sure. awesome, yeah. especially with Molog. But um, what was the other ones? Uh, Tome of Glories. Tome of Glories, yeah, this you is can important. Stand, yeah, you can stand on an objective, trigger the Tome, gain a glory, and then you can trigger the Tome again, because you can activate him yeah. if he has a charge token on him. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you can, then, yeah, you can do it after he has charged already, so he could charge and kill one of your guys. And then, and then he go can stand still on activate. One, yeah. And, and, then and it, yeah. yeah. Um, another one that's interesting, although I, I haven't really seen a good reason to use it because it seems a little like, like not really, uh, you know, like uh, activation uh, efficient um, is uh, Tome of Warfare, where you can kind of rev Molog up. You choose an, this fighter or an adjacent friendly fighter. Their next attack action has plus one dice. But if you don't attack, and then you do it again. It stacks, doesn't yeah. it? I they feel should like make uh, they should make all these tomes say this tome can only be activated once once per, per round or per something. round. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, but um, but basically, what you do is you just kind of stand in the back and you just kind of walk around, and then you stand on you know if you have tome of glories out, you stand on an objective, and you just kind of score as you know as passively as you can. And then if somebody, you know, feign ways in or if somebody, you know, uh, hidden paths in, you just, just give them a good old bop. Just bop. Right. Right. And then, uh, you know, keep reading your books. And then at the end, throw Acolyte of the Cataprins and get Seven Glory. Yeah, it's very clever and uh, definitely a, a very, um, I'd say, not intended use of these cards that somebody nope. figured out and proliferated somebody across the scene. Out. Yep, it's pretty good. Um, I hope it gets nerfed because it's really, really stupid and frustrating. It already did get nerfed. What are you talking about? Okay, just got nerfed. Anyway, this giant. giant I mean, whatever. It got a little bit nerfed, but Um, I I, I think that this deck will prevail past this Wubar list. I'm going to keep trying this type of deck. Working on it. Um, I think though that the um, I think that the the MVP of this list though is uh, definitely Illusory Fighter. I've Illusory Fighter is used a lot more. I've found in um, in UK decks. I see people really still using it. And then, um, you know, well, they were uh, using it before shortcut became a thing, right? They were still using, using it. Yeah. And then, you know, Davy Calkins was like play, playing it. And I'm like, uh, in a cam game, I'm like, oh, illusory fighter. I haven't seen that in months. Yeah. You know, and then he's like, yeah, no, this thing is still good. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a convert now. It's like, yeah, illusory fighter is my is my jam now. Well, we're going to yeah. cover our illusory fighter. Oh, yeah. More detail in a second. Oh, yes. All right. Um, Are there any other you want to talk about from this from this specific tournament? Yes. Um, I want to thank all the guys. Um, Oliver Brooks, who came in fourth. uh, Paul Burrow Newton, who came in third with a different monologue. Um, Jay Claire, uh, who came uh, who came in second with the Guardians, and of course Neil Snowball Hill, who won with the Monog Tomes. Uh, they all texted me back and forth because I was kind of curious to know what they, you know, how they played it, and they gave me all this great information. And guys, thank you so much for giving me that. But we're not going to talk about it at all because your decks are completely useless now. <laughs> sorry, like we were we were planning. Sorry, guys, we were planning on going through them and saying, yeah, you know, like Oliver told me this, and you know, Jay said this, and Neil said that. Um, but I mean, they're all potatoed, so yeah. I don't really know what to talk about. The only one that I will talk about very briefly is Oliver's, uh, 
fourth place Thorns of the Briar Queen deck. Um, it, it, it tastes a little bit like Dean Bill's one. Um, and it is also in a good spot because even after the, the new war bar that just dropped literally Today. seven hours ago, um, he only has one too many restricted cards. So I feel like you can just drop Deathly Fortitude or Spirit Bond or something like that and still have a, this deck almost exact. And mm-hmm. um, and it's it's pretty damn good. Um, and it's it's a Thorns deck. It's got the Tax Supremacies. Um, it's got Victorious Duel. It has... Yeah, it has our only way out. Yep, interesting um, cards. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of objective play, and of yep. course, thorns are like if you're going to play objective play, that's that's the one you use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rebound. Well, I think we can move on. Yeah, I think. We and can move you on. know, last night, me and you met up at the Battle for Salvation Club, and we had some fun games together. Oh, we had great uh, games. I I was playing. I've, I've been on this kick for, with Eyes of the Nine. Yep. For the past uh, couple weeks. I've been. I had some moderate success with them two weeks ago, and then I got immediately pounded into the dirt by Malog and Curse Breakers. Yeah, yeah, um, the Malog last tones, night. Yeah. So the deck, you know, wasn't really that good. Uh, I, you know, it was an experimental deck, just playing around with a lot of new cards. So I only had four restricted cards in there last night. Um, I could have taken. I could have taken a, a, another restricted card. Probably would have made the deck more powerful. But I decided to. I wanted to play with like a lot of the new card. I think I had like eight or nine of them in the in the deck, just sure. to feel them out. Yeah. So I woke up this morning and looked at my deck, and it now has twelve restricted cards in in the deck. You got Woobard. Yeah, just stamp my head, stamp Woobard. my forehead with the Woobar stamp. Put me in the corner, yeah, yeah, with the dunce cap on. Oh my god! Because my deck sucks now, and it wasn't it's that good not to usable. begin with. Not legal. So let's not let's uh, get into this. So you know, as as per tradition with Warhammer Underworlds, we just randomly got an FAQ on a random Tuesday, no warning, <laughs> uh, no rhyme or reason to it. I was actually in the middle of sipping my coffee, and I was like, <laughs> right, right. Well, I, and then I remember I woke up and I was you know, scrolling through Facebook and I saw a post about the banned and restricted list. And I'm like, oh, that they must be still talking about the one that came out last month. Nope, new one. But then Fresh. later on, you know, after I was done, I, I looked back at it and they're like, no, no, we put a fatty new banned and restricted list up. God, that was just that was just the amuse bouche. Right. That last one. Like right. this is this is the three course meal you right bit. here. Yep. Holy crap. This is the prefix over here. Yeah. I, a, I a can't literal smorgasbord of oh my god. Of uh banned and restricted. Well, only restricted. Sure. Nothing banned this this time, but all right. Well, yeah. I mean, well, I don't think anything needs to be banned anyway. Right. Um, and then so and then the other thing I wanted to mention is now now in the game, as of uh July twenty third, two thousand nineteen. We now have 41 restricted cards and four banned cards in this game. And that that is too much, in my opinion. That's a lot. That like, means that there's a, a, a little bit of a lack of forethought. Right. It means that the, the cards are not being... that that Well, it means one of two things are, is happening, right? Either the cards are so powerful that, that that and not tested thoroughly enough, where they have to ban them almost you know a month after they come out, or they're being a little too heavy-handed on restricting cards. 
Um, There's one of two things is happening because 40, 41 cards banned and restricted is is not acceptable, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's still like regardless, it's like you know now, look, the cards came out. That's what they said on them. I don't think that at the time that they that they wrote the cards that they anticipated them being so uh, powerful. Um, considering you know the you know the cards and the you know. I, everything's done so so far in advance i i don't think that they knew what the meta was going to look like when they showed up so i don't know if they're if if they were going to be able to avoid this situation um so but the situation still presented itself and it needed to be dealt with yeah. and i i don't think that i mean like i'm disappointed because i like a lot of these cards and a lot of them are, you know, power unleashed. Power well, I'm, unbound. I'm, I'm disappointed cards. because all these cards just, just these. came out, and my my local store had an issue. With, I think a lot of people's local stores had an, had an issue with getting their hands on the power unbound cards. I had to go drive a half an hour to get them. Yeah, and and I only got them like two weeks ago or a week ago, and now they're restricted already. And that wasn't cheap. Those cards, they're you know yeah it was like yeah and now they're already already. restricted by the time they they come out it's it's very annoying yeah so you know a lot of people are praising gw for doing this by addressing you know what what was rising in the meta very quickly but i i think they needed to too 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 short notice but it's still annoying yeah and And i wish you should have no, I, i wish they would do what they do for 40k and age of sigmar where they have announced regular updates to the game balanced adjustments to the game throughout the year like 40k has two scheduled faqs that are going to come out and chapter approved and then age of sigmar has a um general's handbook that comes out once a year (laughs) i i I wish they would be a little bit more um regular in when the bans and restricting list is going to come out that'd be nice then we'd have some yeah some time to plan and they can't go ahead and ban and restrict a whole bunch of cards right after they come out with a product without letting the customers know. That the stuff. I probably wouldn't have like even bought it if 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 I knew that them. this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought it. I don't think I would have said I would have waited until after this came out, and then I would have bought, decided if I wanted to buy it. Yeah, but I, I feel a little, I feel a little swindled there, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I I, I feel that. Um, but let, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the list. All right. All right, starting with some universal objectives. Um, there are now 16 total universal objectives that are restricted. Yep. And of course, uh, Extreme Flank, which is mind-bogglingly difficult to figure out, was banned. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, okay, so the first one, of course, is Burst of Speed. So we got Long Strider. But yeah, Long Strider was banned on June 21st of 2019. Well, it was restricted. It was restricted. Or restricted, yeah. Right. And then, and then first now we have... came out and we're like, that's the same card. And so they restricted that one too. So yeah. now we have two of those. I don't Which know is unfortunate still... because the, the only decks that were making, you know, the top tournaments were Molog decks with these two. With these, yeah. However... They loved it. These decks, these cards were good with Skaven and... Yeah. The sepulchral guard, right? Because if so. you kill one of the petitioners, or if you kill one of the uh, one of the lesser rats, one of the red shirts, and then uh, they come back, they can make a second move or charge action yeah. because the token gets removed, which is totally fine and doesn't need to get restricted because your opponent has to actually kill one of your skaven, sure, and then they get a glory 
and then you can then spend an activation to or a card to revive them and then activate again to have them move. So it's, And then you score this. Right. So it's totally not broken or unfair in Skaven or a Sepulchral Guard. However, in Malog, it was just, I, I moved twice. It was impressive. It says that in my card, and I just get a score immediately. And it was a big part of the Tomes deck. And then I upgrade. That's how yeah. you would score... That's how you would score Bursa Speed and Longstrider are the ways that you would score like your kind of like seed glory so you can start putting tomes on them. Right. So yeah. now Skaven and just walk over there and then walk back. And then for Malog yeah. being too good. So cool. All right. Well, here's one that I, I, I assume that, you know, Randall, you're a little pissed about this one, but you shouldn't be because you never was able to score this. Right. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's warning shot. <laughs> He's trying to kill me with Narvia and Turash the other last day. Night, and he has and a warning then, yeah. shot in his hand. And I, the only reason why I know that he has a warning shot in his hand is because he starts hitting me and getting mad. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to charge. And then I'm, you're like, I'm like, like, okay, I'm going to charge with Narvia. Damn it. And you're like, oh, you're going to actually charge me with that. Narvia. Well, this is fine. Uh, I'll be okay. And then I'm like, and then I, I'm like double crit, and you're like, oh no, I, I take a damage, and you get inspired. That sucks. I'm like, god damn it! <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you mad? Right. All or right. no, the best is when I had warning shot and martyred in my hand. I run right up to you with with Turash. He crits you, and right. then you come come and hit him, and, and, oh, I, and I miss. and then you miss. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, god damn it! <laughs> yeah. oh, but this card was just it. way too easy. I mean, it, uh, on on paper, it's way too easy to score, but, you know. Well, a warning shot, to me, is in the same category as, like, calculated risk, I guess. is like you get one immediately for doing something that kind of sucks, but not really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking I mean, of which, calculated either, you, risk. You gotta just go for it. I mean, either you get a damage or you get a, a score immediately objective. So, I mean. One or the other. Um, well, It's, prop it's tiers not a very tactically interesting card. You just kind of shoot guys and yeah. you might get a glory or you might hit a dead it's not not interesting and well not profiteers really are going to be pissed um let's see uh it's Farce really Rider. bad for farce riders Jeez. um anybody with magic right it, anybody with magic attacks yeah. yeah um that sucks um well calculated risk they finally did it yeah this yep. is actually a huge change that's a big change and we'll talk i, I can, can we put a pin in that because I, I we're going to come back to that okay fine all right, we'll we'll talk about calculated risk in yep. a minute. Um, Acolyte of the Cataphranes got restricted because people were doing tome decks and it was working really well. So yeah. now, if you want to do it, you have to really do it because well, we're those. Gonna, yeah, um, we're gonna talk about that one later too. So. Yeah, because the the Molog tome deck could also just like in a minute like go after you for a few seconds and then come back and do tomes again. So it was a little bit more flexy. Um, but now I think that it's restricted. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other stuff you're not gonna be able to put in now. So. I think that if you want to do like a tome deck for, you know, for, especially for Molog, but probably for Curse Breakers too, you kind of have to like, kind of have to double down on it. It's like now it's like, nope, that's a tome deck. Yeah, you're going to have to take some deck. inferior cards. That's a tome deck. You have yeah. to like now go after that. You're going to have to take things like Spirit Bond out. Yeah. Um, which is well, going to. Right. We're going to get to that in a minute. Yeah. You're going to have to, which is going to decrease your, your, your damage output and your defense. Mm. Probably, you know, things like Upper Hand or illusory fighter are going to have to come out too and definitely yeah. versus speed and long strider one yeah. of those is going to have to go it's getting gutted it's yeah. but it, yeah i still think it's doable but the core but concept is still there yeah right all right um and then and the it's still last strong one, in my opinion 
Good. Oh, I thought. I mean, I think I think it's still usable. I'm going to keep yeah. tinkering with it, but not for too much longer. I got to get. I got to go to Nova soon. Um, and then uh, Sorcerer's Scouring, which is the immediate where if you kill something with a spell, um, then then you get a glory immediately. But Strange Demise is like kind of the same thing. They are they they are worded differently, um, but not appreciably. I don't know. Maybe somebody can go. Somebody go on on our on the Facebook page and and explain the difference between sorcerer scouring and strange demise. Why does sorcerer scouring get restricted, but strange demise, which to me looks like effectively the exact same thing, not get restricted? Well, I, in my opinion, it's because they you know the I had a the since these cards are both functionally the same. Um, they had to restrict one of them since the, it seems like they were targeting. Yeah, um, I mean they did uh, that. You know, and there's precedent for that with you know great strength and incredible strength, but you know we had long strider and burst of speed, and they're both restricted now. Right, I think they might end up restricting this later on, but it seems like from from the article, uh, what's his name, Dave Sanders, decided that, you know, he says in the article here we want to we we want to encourage dynamic, fast place fast paced play where positioning and tactics are key, rather than sitting back and relying on sorcery. To win the battle every time, so it seems like it was targeted. A lot of this was targeted at um, curse breakers. Curse breakers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and okay. uh, Yothari too. So yeah, to to a lesser extent. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, we now have uh, three universal gambits that have gone, and I think these all needed to be restricted. To be honest with you, they are all very strong. Um, Sorcerer's flourish, which is basically just trap or twist the knife for spell attacks or spells in general. Yeah. Like that needs to be restricted. Right. It worked on the knife spell and gambits that did damage right. and it worked on spell attacks. Come on. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, the other one was um, upper hand. Upper hand is just a get out of, you know, get out of miss free card. I mean, it's, it's an accuracy increasing card. Yeah. I'm well, I mean, it's functionally the same as, you know, like, uh, you know, ready for action, really. Well, it reminds yeah. me a little bit of Quick Thinker. Yeah, yeah. It's it, just it kind, kind of, of like, hey, I got out of it. No, yeah. you didn't. Yeah. Right. And like, re like, Ready for Action has that same feel. Hey, you tried to get me and you couldn't get me. Uh, yeah, it did. I do find it kind of interesting that they chose to just restrict this rather than clarifying what happens if you get a tie. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could. That'll probably come out in the FAQ when they do an FAQ. Right. But I mean, it's weird. But that it, they it's been played it that the, if yeah. you get zero zero because those are a tie roll. Yep. This does count. Yeah, but people still want the clarification for that because it's a little murky. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I I think zero zero is a tie. Yeah, me too. But you let, know. let me ask you a question. Let, let's let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Just to put this to bed. If you're playing baseball, and the game goes to nine innings, and it's a zero zero game, is the game over or was it a failure, <laughs> or do you just keep going, right? I said well, that. I, I'd say in the in the I, official I had rules that in baseball, my head like, going, like two right? days ago. That I, two days ago, I'm like, I'm going to totally say this is totally funny and it's going to make sense, and then I totally muffed the punt. Well, I think a lot of people were upset because this card is so unbelievably good. If it works like that, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. No, but well, well okay. Well, whereas if it if it doesn't work like that, then it's just kind of okay. I think and that you when you absolutely positively need to yeah. land something, um, upper hand is still great. Right. And I think people are still going to take it. Um, another one that um, another one that we got uh, on the on the Universal Gambits is Akshi. Sphere of Akshi, which you just roll one channel 
and yeah, you deal damage. Because Se- Segut Salvo is also you cast a spell and you deal a damage, but that's two channels and it's a much shorter range. Whereas Akshi is like much easier to cast and yeah. you can do it from much further away. Um, so I think and because it was like easy to cast impressive. like that, because it was easy to cast like that, you could use it on Nar- um, not with the Rastus and Amos. Yeah, because they were level one wizards. So yeah, absolutely. Oh, and you can put the uh, you know you could put uh, you know blessing of Vitrix on them or what the harness the storm. No, not harness the storm. It's uh, what the the another one where channels. they have the innate, the innate yeah. channel, and um and you just get it for free. Right. You just you just deal a damage, which is kind of sad because you know I think we needed a a deal of damage with a card for magic. Yeah. And then now it's kind of gone, and and it and yeah. it, it, it I think was some good people for a lot of other warbands, but it was too good in Curse Breaker. Yeah, so I feel really like a lot of other warbands have to suffer from we that. We need it like for the other one. That's true. All right, so those are the gambits. Um, universal upgrades. We have three, and they all bum me out. Um, well, yeah. not Spirit Bond. People were like really riding on Spirit Bond, and I'm just like, isn't that just like. It's, it's a little. I mean, it's helpful whispers, and it's a little bit better because it works on offense and defense. So it just makes like the die roll more accurate. But um, if helpful whispers, which isn't as good as spirit bond, um, in its functionality, is restricted, then spirit bond should be restricted. Yeah, it was quite strong. I think the fact that it worked on uh, on defense. Was pretty was a little. I think that's what put it over as being like a card that immediately became super good. Yeah. But you can like play around it though. Is the is my issue with it? Like you can kill that guy that's spirit bonded to the. You know what I mean? Sure. And then it's whereas just with hard. helpful whispers, once the upgrade was on, he was proceeding on. on supports anyway. Yeah. Whereas oh. with spirit bond, you can kill the guy that it's attached to, and then the important guy doesn't get. So there was counterplay to it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know if that needed to get restricted. I don't know. Maybe it was too good. I, I think it's. I think it's a wash. I didn't. And it, I didn't really it, get a chance to play with it that much because. No. Yeah. I don't really yeah. know. I didn't even put it in anything yet. Um. Let's see. Uh, Archer's focus, which, by the way, all you have to do is say you can't use this with magic attacks, and then you don't have to restrict it. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty good with uh, Thundrix profiteers, and they're pretty good. But I don't know. I don't think. I think this. They, they needed, feel like I think they needed this to actually be that good. I mean, it's just it's it's good. I mean, this is a good card, and I agree with you. They should have just made it not work on spell attacks, and then it would have been right, perfectly fine. But it is basically awakened weapon for range attacks, and so if awakened weapon is restricted, then this should be too. Yeah. Why would they even make this card though? Is the if they're just going to immediately restrict it like need, that? They they need stuff to put in the, in the packs, you know. Yeah. All right, uh, and then the last one. This is a bummer for me because I like playing wizard factions yeah. is well, well of power that's this a huge was bummer. too too good it was uh, yeah it was really good yeah it was too good it it, it should have said when you it, it should have they should have gotten rid of the inspired you have to be inspired thing and well, just made it work it. on spell cards so if you have, oh, if you like have well you of power then you get an extra dice when you do a spell card and not spell on gambits. your yeah gotcha yeah but then it would just be like kind of middling. And yeah, now that it's, actually it's is way gone, too strong right now, though. The fact that it works on attacks and cards, it was it's too good. Especially okay. since, since the curse breakers 
Spire so easily. Yeah, so I think that I think Curse Breakers, Molog, Profiteers all got um do you want to use the word nerfed? I mean Well, they, I think that they are good enough to survive. They got toned down. I think they'll still survive. Yeah. Yeah. They got toned down a lot, but then you also took a lot of option powerful options away from all the warbands that they yeah. were beating on, which a lot of collateral damage in these. Yeah. Absolutely. Like Skaven definitely took a hit, Far Striders took a hit, and they already are, you know. They already have have yeah, like eyes of the nine. not being yeah eyes of the nine. I mean, and I feel like a lot of time when they make moves like that, like that's it's you know it's like the season one that suffers the most. Yeah, yeah, because the Malag and Cursebreaker and Thundric and Yothari are all still yeah, going to be very good. Yeah, just because of the way that the the, the character cards are written. So, Got a lot of stuff know. going on. I, I, I'm true. not. I'm not happy with this, to be honest. It's it's a lot. I wish we had a little bit more time with those cards before they did that. I mean, they could have definitely done it before, you know, right before season three, um, you know, dropped and be like, hey, here's the here's the 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 new restricted list, and season three, here it is. But but I mean, like, we didn't even get to, a chance yeah. to play with half of these cards. I don't agree with them banning only universals in an attempt to target certain warbands from being as good. And I don't like how they did it so close to Power Unbound coming out while putting five Power Unbound cards on. I just I I I'm not I'm not happy. Yeah, they could have done that a little bit more gracefully. And they didn't tell us about it. They have no Yeah, no, that's then, that's they, the third yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And after they had just done one. Right. And all so right. none of us expected this at all cuz they had just done one. Nope. So Nobody expects the Woo Bar. Their prime weapon is fear. Fear and surprise. Fear and surprise. And fanatical devotion to Slanish. All right, what's the next, next? thing we're going to talk about? I don't know. Whatever. Um, okay, so the next is a segment that we want to do, which is going to be called Buy, Sell. And um, this is this kind week... of a play on the Mad Money guy from <laughs> MSNBC, or what is it, CNBC? See, yeah, I don't know. The, whatever the money one is. The, what's the his financial... name? There's um, there's one version of NBC where they. Just it's not that important to find this guy's name out, is it? No. Michael Kramer or something like that. I, yeah, something. no, no, yeah, Kramer. That's his last yeah. name. All right. Anyway, so we're gonna do buy and sell. We're gonna talk about cards or like types of cards, and talk about whether you should buy or sell. Whether you, we think that they're gonna be um, more useful in the coming months, or whether we think they're gonna be less useful right. in the coming months, and we'll talk about why we think that. And we had this all written up very nice and neat. And it got exploded. Two days ago, and now everything's we did this on We did this on Sunday night. Yeah. And now it's Tuesday night, and we had to, we had to like change a bunch yeah. of them around. So okay. we're looking at market trends, and we're seeing market what trends. we're going to buy and what we're going to sell. Okay. And some of them, most of them, I, we, I, we're, we're pretty sure about. And then we have a couple of like, eh, maybes, you know? Yeah. All right. Anyway, so we're going to start with the buys. Um, and the first one that I suggested was, um, I think uh, it's time to buy faction-specific cards. Yeah, and go through your reason, binder. There's so many restricted cards out there now that I think it's time to go back to some of these faction-specific ones and really always use kind of like the best ones. And the reason why is because they don't seem to be restricting or banning faction-specific cards. So if you put them into your deck, they're probably safe. Because yeah, if you think you, about yeah. it, like you got a if, lot of repetition and you play with them a lot, yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna 
blow up your deck. They're not going to disappear on you. Because if you think about it, there are a lot of very, very um, strong um, faction-specific cards. Um, Like, for instance, you have, uh, you know, uh, was it a foul temper in the Molog deck, which is Awakened Weapon. Awakened Weapon is on the uh, restricted list, but foul temper, which is the faction-specific version of it, is not. Um, Harness the Storm is far and away the easiest score immediately in the game, but yep. it's faction specific. Um, what's the other one? What's but the, there what's are the also a lot treacherous of other, foe? there's treacherous foe for Thorns okay. of the Briar Queen. But I also want to mention that there are a ton of really terrible to mediocre faction specific cards. Yes. So, but you know, even then you might want to look at some of those mediocre cards and figure out how they work and see if, you know, a card is only mediocre if you can't score it every single game you know what i mean right so if you can put some random card in your deck that maybe people aren't expecting and you learn how to play with it and you get comfortable using it they're probably not going to restrict it based on how things are going so you'll, and you probably get yeah. to keep using it yeah yeah um and, and definitely take a look in those power unbound at a few of those um you know like i'm, I'm definitely thinking if with my curse breakers deck to put in focal formation i wasn't going to but now that all this other stuff has been done, like maybe maybe it's time to throw that in there and try it out. Um, so so go go back to your faction specific cards. Look for the ones that look like they're kind of like maybe they were on the bubble before. They're yeah. not in the bubble anymore because so much stuff got restricted. They're like they're your tenth card. Mm-hmm. So take a look at them, check them out, take them for a spin, see how you feel. All right, um, another uh, another example of a uh, faction specific card that we want to buy is the Godsworn Hunt uh, one called a Worthy Kill, um, and that is that um, score immediately if you uh, if you kill something that has over four wounds, but it has two, um, you get two glory for it. And the reason why we like this one now is because it's just better than a Worthy Deed. Well, but, I think we were talking about just buying the Godsworn Hunt faction as a whole. Just in general, yeah. Yeah, because they have, you know, they when they came out, you know, a lot of us were disappointed with them, and they were kind of just like a meme as the the worst warband in the game. I but believe I, think, I yeah. made hold on, I believe I made a meme with Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, and it said, um, "I said, oh yeah, Godsworn Hunt is good for me to poop on." Right. So, but what? And then I think what happened was a lot of people who are very good at this game, decided to take up the challenge and play Godsworn Hunt and, and have figured out... My guy Tom Bond. ...overcome the weakness. That, yeah, Tom Bond and Davey. And, Davey was uh, playing them. John Reese um, just won a tournament John with Reese them. just finally won tournament, by the way. John Reese, everybody, round it. of applause. Finally did it. He's won uh, something. He's won uh, an event with... Every single one, right? Every single faction at least once so far, and he did it before season two was out. So that's pretty great. So there have been a lot of, you know, there's there's been oh, a lot Gerard of Oh, Gerard the Professor. Yeah, tr- true. There have been a lot came of... In, came in second at the uh, the first Battle for Salvation, then he went to the um, the Warhammer Grand Clash that happened in in England, and he came in... He made the top 16 cut. Yeah. He was like, I think, ninth or something. Which like is that. impressive, yeah. With Godsworn. Yep. So I'm just saying that there's a lot of mines and, you know, testing going on with these guys, and they've actually proven to be not as bad as we thought. I don't think they're still, they're a, they're a tier one faction yet, but, um, but they're, they're, they're not bottom tier. No. Yeah. And they have access to a lot of cards that are not picked, you know, by a lot of other factions. 
and so they a lot of them don't get restricted but that might that yeah. might change basically when you when you play them i believe that the the idea is that you play them like each one of them is a bullet and you don't care if they die like just send them in well, deal deal burst damage several times don't sleep on the dog because the dog's actually not too bad i mean the main um, the main strength of them is that they have six guys that can all attack you pretty much anywhere on the board yeah and they and, they do a very good job of getting a lot of um just like high levels of accuracy well they so, they take cards that improve their accuracy usually right but it really works to their advantage yeah, because you have all you need is for one guy to go in and hit once, and then die, and then that's that. You know, you want to be trading one for one because you have six guys, and then you now have this worthy kill card that gives you two immediately when you when you kill your an important person on your opponent's team. Yeah, but uh, but a worthy kill is great, and then um, you know, de depending on how you're doing with the uh, with the you know. The, um, the universal objectives that all got restricted, you might want to throw a worthy deed in now as well. So just have both of them, and maybe you have them both in your hand at the same time when you kill a, a, a you yeah. know, a curse breaker. Score, get three glory for off of that. Four glory. Get four glory. One for the kill, one for a worthy kill, and one for a worthy deed. You only get one for a worthy kill or a worthy deed? You, mean... get two, you get one for a worthy deed, and then worthy kill is like the exact same card, but you get an extra glory. Yeah, okay. Yeah, as long so, as you kill something that has four wounds or more, which you're going to have unless you play uh, goblins. So Godsworn Hunt are a... They're on the come, they're on the come up. Yeah. They're on the come up. Okay. Um, another one that we want to buy, especially now that it has not been restricted, is the card Shortcut. Right. This somehow dodged the restricted list. I'm not sure how. Um, I think this was the reason why, because deck. you have to take other cards in your deck to make it even possible. Right. But this was in everyone's deck. People, a lot of people are using it. I was using yeah. it. Absolutely. And you, one of the cards. Hidden Paths scores it. Um, Lusory Fighter scores it. Confusion. I don't know if anybody plays Confusion, but but that one does. If you're playing Thorn, Sudden Appearance scores it. If you're playing Eyes of the Nine, Bound by Fate and Deceitful Step will all score it. Yeah, I'm sure there's others too, but the one card yeah, that has hidden resurfaced. Paths and Illusory Fighter right there. Yeah, one card that has resurfaced that you want to buy now is Illusory Fighter. Oh that, yeah, that that was restricted on the very first Wubar list, um, more than a year ago, or uh, I guess not less than a year ago, on the first ever restricted list. But that is coming back because of the Malog deck and the the Yothari Guardians deck. Oh, it's so good. And, I was using then, it with my yeah. Curse Breakers. Um, you know, Carlin was using it with those uh, those slippery um, Stormcast that he had like a little while back. I'm I'm a full convert on Illusory Fighter. I've been using it a lot more. What which what you can do is it allows you to make an unsafe charge. Yeah. You know, like so you can take your Molog on round one, activation one, and you can charge in and just try to snipe something real quick. And if it works or doesn't, if it works great, if it doesn't work, whatever, throw Illusory Fighter, you're back in the back, you're out of you're out of range. I love it. Just that yeah, little just that ability to come in. Restricted in the first place because yeah. of that. But now you get this additional payoff of it scoring shortcut, shortcut for you now. So you can yep. run in there, kill your opponent's most important guy, then illusory fighter back to safety and score potentially two glory, you know? Yeah, I did that guy, um, yeah. in a tournament that... Um, oh, remember last week, last episode where I was like running away to go do a tournament? Yeah. I didn't tell you about that. Did I tell you about that? How I... How I yeah, you told me I everything, played, yeah. 
Yeah, I played seven games and I was not outscored in a single game and I still lost the tournament. Well, to, to the object standing on the objective. Standing on objective. Yeah. I lost two in the last one because of that. Anyway. Uh, so bad. shortcut, did, it, made, it, it passed. No, no, but well, one of the moves that I made was that I feign weighed in and I killed um, my opponents. Uh, I With one of my curse breakers, I killed one of their curse breakers. And I just came in, sniped it. And then um, Illusory Fighter, I was back out. And he just like lost a guy and I had still had all my guys. Yeah. And I wasn't in a bad position anymore. Yeah, that was banned because in the aggro meta, that car, you know, in the aggro meta with... Ma, uh, Magor and and orcs, that card was too good because it allowed you to just run in there, you know. Because a lot of times you're sitting across from your opponent, and you're like, "Well, I really need to kill this one model on their on my on their side, but I can't go in there now because they still have everybody. I'll just I'll just die." Well, guess so, what? Yeah, it's still an aggro meta. Yeah. So, oh, well, I'm talking fighter. about the the Magor era. But anyway, next card. Okay, next card, and this is like um. I don't know. This is a little little out there, but uh, you saw it used to great effect at the ATC was uh, one step ahead. Right. Which I feel like I want to start using this because I find myself. So so one step ahead is a card where you roll a die. If you get a what is it like a, a hammer or a crit or something hammer or crit. It's, it's a 50 50. It's a coin yeah. flip. And if it goes off, you get to name a. Uh, objective end phase objective. And it can be in any end phase, right? It's not just a yeah, third yeah. end phase. It's an any end phase. And you can name that objective, and now they're not allowed to score it. So this is a hard anti-Acolyte of the Cataphranes. It's a hard superior tactician uh, you know, counter. Um, if you find your opponent asking you how many objectives you've done, it's your escalation get-out-of-jail-free card there. Yeah. Um, you know, if you notice, oh, he did four different you know, actions on his, uh, you know, you did, you know, yeah, a charge on, and an attack and, a, you know, yeah. chain rasps moved and, you know, okay, we'll keep them guessing. You know, like the thing is that if you really know the cards really well, I feel like this card uh, is, is something that you should. Yeah, mess with. it has a high skill ceiling, this card. You really need to know the game and the meta. Yeah. Absolutely. In order for and, a very, and a very high floor. Like you really need to know what you're talking about. And also about. it's only going to work really well. It's only going to work really effectively against other people who are using very meta focused decks. Oh yeah. You know, if, if you're, you're not... playing against the guy who just took some cards out of a box and threw it together, you, yeah, it's you never know, work. you're never but... going to get it right. Right. You're exactly. Like, what objective like, denial. Why yeah. do you have that in your deck? Yeah. Like I, like, I like what would I have named at Adepticon? Would I have named the didn't even want it objective? Yeah, you would never yeah. have been. <laughs> didn't even want it. No, I really didn't. Yeah. Really didn't. So it's it's but and then this is one of your only um. This this is good. We wrote this down. This is a good defense against acolyte of the cataphranes. Yep. Um, and also against superior tactician because you can't really do anything like. A lot of these score immediately as well up until now. Yeah, you were just, so easy to get. You couldn't play around them. You know, all a guy has to do is run his dude in the back through a, you know, a lethal hex and he gets one. You know, so for superior tactician, getting that six score immediately objectives in the in the discard pile was very easy to do. And you're allowed to ask them, you know, because the discard piles are common knowledge. You can yeah. say, hey, how many? Do how you many have? have you scored? Yeah. And, and even to, if they have five, you might want to say it because they probably have one in their, yeah, in their to hand ready to go. Yeah. And cat and acolyte of cataphrains is just so, it's so easy. It's so telegraphy. I mean, it's just right. like, Hey, and a lot of times I'm there isn't put all of these tomes on yeah. my Molog. Come on. You know, after Molog kills half your team and then runs and reads books on the objective, there's really not much you can do. 
about it, you know? It's already way ahead. Yeah. So you got the, the this one step ahead can can prevent him from getting like four or five glory at the end of the game. All and right. He might win. But it's still a fifty fifty. Right. That's lands, the that's the big and, part and of it. You yeah. were, and you were saying that 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 happened in the in the ATC. Well, in the ATC game, <laughs> Aman, I think on his podcast. He'll talk about it. Deal go, out just of go listen. But he used what ended great, up happening great. was he I, I was sitting there watching the game and I was sitting down at the table. And he had his dice, he has like a special dice tray that he rolls his dice in. And he had it like resting on top of his model case. So when he played, he said, I'm going to play one step ahead, naming the card that I I could see Duncan's hand. So I knew what the card was. He says, I'm going to name this card and I'm going to roll for it. And I couldn't see his, um, his dice box from where I was sitting. So I had to stand up. And so I kind of stood up very, I was, I guess it seemed like I was like very excited and, and hyped, but I just, I just wanted to quickly stand up to see what he rolled to see if he actually got it. And he, and he did. did. And he did and, and won the game because he got rid of what the did... one uh, determined effort or whatever it's called. Heroic effort where you have to activate Heroic one Heroic effort where you, you, the same guy goes four yeah. times? Yep. Oh, okay. What, was he playing against the Molog? Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. But that's only one. That's only one glory, though. Yeah, and it was. 12 I guess he to needed. 12. It. It, was a, it was really. It was a really tight game. I yeah. guess. Okay. Sounds right. Anyway, it was I, I'm. I, I feel like I might start messing around with that card because I'm. I'm pretty good at guessing stuff like that. Yeah. Keep him guessing. All right. So uh, the next one we have is a buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spectral armor, last chance. A uh, lot of dodge warbands are on the come up right now. Um, Thorns are good. Yothari's good. Um, there's a lot of dodge warbands in season two. Um, let's see. Um, and I just think that spectral armor, which gives you an extra defense if you're a dodge warband, and last chance, which can save one of your, uh, you know, a 66.6 with a Venklium chance of uh, saving. Uh, a guy who died, uh, you know, that is really, really good. And those dodge war bands are in season two, especially are pretty good. So I think spectral armor last chance, definitely a buy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, that, right? spectral armor has emerged as one of the power and bound cards that has been seeing a lot of play and, and it was it not restricted. restricted. So yeah, I definitely buy this one and put, uh, it's a huge upgrade for put it on your Thari, put it on yep. the briar queen. Yeah, put it on the Everhanged. Like, yeah, so many good targets for. for Maybe this. put it on a Godsworn that you don't want to die for some reason. Yeah, you put it on Shond or sure, make him a little harder to kill. Maybe Shond's you get one pretty more good to keep out around. Yeah. Got that cleave. Yep. Or All no, right. wait, which one goes to which one? Which one goes to uh, Shields on when he's inspired? Shond. Oh, then don't put it on him. Yeah, don't put it on Shond. Yeah, but the other guy. What's the other guy's name? Kron. Grundon. Grundon. Yeah, yeah. Put it put on it him on because you know, you know who you got to put it on though. Got to put it on the good Jagathra, guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, no, you know, you put it on. Well, you got to put it on Jagathra because I don't like it when she dies because yeah. she's, she's my bae. We have to. You have and to then, make sure you get that one javelin attack off before. Absolutely. You die. Yeah. And then uh, you put it on the good dog. Put it on Grawl. Nah, you you definitely put it on Grendon. No, you know because if you put it on Grawl, he flips over. He goes to two dodge. Now he's three dodge. Whatever. See that? He's a good dog. I'm just saying, you put it on, don't put it on Sean because then he'll immediately become inspired and then he will have a, yeah, a shield. But if you put it on Grundon, he he hits pretty hard. So, yeah, no, it's good to want, keep him yeah. around. Grundon's, you want Grundon's him to survive. Killer. And if he gets to attack twice, Grundon, 
Yeah. Then oh yeah. You're, you're oh, and by the way, game, he yeah. he he goes up to five range when he's uh when he's inspired. So, right. That's five range and and two dice on defense. Pretty good. All right. Um. Let's see. Okay. Here's another one that we definitely want to buy. Um. The reason for this is because the FAQ kind of gave it a buff. Is Crown of Avarice. Crown of Avarice is the one where if you put it on something, if somebody kills that fighter. Uh, you get to steal one of their unspent glory points. And then the FAQ said you can steal the one that they just earned by killing your guy. So that makes that particular fighter seriously unappealing to target. Yeah. And you've saying you've been playing at some people that are playing uh Skaven with this new, new yes. type of Skaven deck. Yes. The, the, the new, the bullet, I call them bullet rats. Mm-hmm. Um, what they do is that they load up, um, they load up the festering. And I think the, the festering and the lurking Skaven yeah. with stuff like like expendable. You put yeah, expendable they have a card that's similar to this, expendable, where when you hit them, they can just pick them up off damage. the board. And yeah, and you don't get you one. Don't, you, and don't you don't get, get a it, glory. Yeah. And so what they do is um Chris Sparks been playing this. He's it's very he's very good with it. Um he um you put Crown of Avarice on one of them, you put Expendable on the other one. It makes them both really terrible targets. And then you and then you just run them both in and put like put like nullstone spear and nullstone sword and you put like what it was like glory seeker and fighters for us you, 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 you send in your crap guys with these upgrades on and then you force your opponent to deal with it to, and to take deal with them punishment. right yeah and so okay so you kill one crown of avarice i steal i take your milkshake right and then scratch just puts him right back on the board and he's got all the stuff and he's got crown of avarice again yeah right no it's pretty genius Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who came up with it. I think Jonathan Davis actually came up with it first, but the, but I've been playing against uh, Chris Spark and he's been just like, it's been very difficult to play against him. Yep. Um, anyway, so there's that. Um, we already talked about Acolyte of the Cataphrains so that we can go. Can uh, that, I guess. Yeah, we were going to sell a Haymaker before, yeah. the, before the Woo Bar because we feel like Upper Hand was better. Right. And um, the only thing that you would probably keep it in is like Godsworn. Because if they die, who gives a crap? Because they lose their uh, defense. Oh, uh, well, yeah. And then with Godsworn, you have so many guys that can all attack yeah. wherever you are that you can always get an attack on the last phase before right. you know, your opponent can can react to it. So so we were going to sell it. We were going to sell now, it for, now for, upper for hand teams is, like uh, Thunderous Profiteers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But but now, I don't know. Maybe we got to we gotta bring Haymaker back. Yeah. Yep, now that they um, restricted the Spirit Bond and Upper Hand, you might want to think about putting this back on your deck. Yep. All right, so those are all the cards that we think are buys. Those are all cards we think you're going to see more of. Um, And now we're going to go to the hard sells. All right, so number one, and I think... I don't think this was smart on their part, and I'll I'll explain why in a second, but uh, I think Calculated Risk is a sell. I think that people are going to... Because it now takes up... A, it already has the negative of you lose a wound. Um, yep. I was playing when I was playing in those those Cursebreaker games against uh, Andy Kalane, I think is the guy's name. Uh, I know his first name is definitely Andy. I think his last name is Kalane. He he's the guy who who beat me. It was a uh, mirror match in that game. He was playing Cursebreakers. I was playing Cursebreakers, but he was playing with um, with Calculated Risk, and I wasn't. And so he was running through things and scoring glory, but then all of his guys were in you know Dawn Guards you know one shot range. So I would play Dawn Guard up, and I was able to get killed Rastus once that way. Um, anyway, so I, I think Calculated Risk, which already has its negative, is now super, super negative because now it's also taking up one of your restricted slots. 
I don't think that was a good move on their part because one of the reasons why Calculated Risk was such a good card is because it made people play boards with lethals. Well, I don't know if and that was good, brought, but it was it was interesting. But I mean, it yeah, brought that while, mechanic but, yeah. into the game and it brought that wrinkle into the game. And now with no calculated risk, why would you pick lethals? Yeah. We're back, we're back to the situation at the end of season one where there's no reason to pick lethals. So there's just not gonna be any lethals on the board anymore. I'm not I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna play with calculated risk now. It's not worth a yeah. restricting slot. So it has um, huge implications on the game, especially with the fact that you have to choose different boards now every game. Yeah, um, it just has a lot of you know implications on the 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 board selection. Yeah, I don't have to worry about that anymore. I think it just well, it, and yeah, it, it and you're gonna out. see you're, where every, everybody's gonna go back to using boards that don't have lethal hexes on them because they're too much of a liability now. Yep. Yeah, except for Thorns of the Brag Wing, because what do they care? Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, oh, if it's Thorns, cool, Thorns the of the Brag Wing, play it all the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, another cell. Um, I think uh, Magical Storm. And to a lesser extent, Magical Mastery, because I don't think anybody was playing Magical Mastery anyway. Six uh, six uh, spells in one round is really, really difficult to do. Trust me, I've tried. Uh, Magical Storm was a little bit more hitty for me. Like I, I was doing that more often, but that was before the FAQ. You can't uh, do the Empower spam anymore, where you could simply just score Magical Storm by just sitting back and Empower, 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 yeah. throw a Blessing of Vitrix on um empower some more and you were all done you scored two you didn't have to engage you didn't you know didn't have that problem but uh but now that you don't have the empower spam now actually's on the list i don't know magical storm mm -hmm. i think even that one's like kind of gonna disappear and i'm probably gonna have to take it out of my deck which sucks because i really wanted a full magic curse breakers deck i was trying to work on that but yeah it sucks that not this to be. and and sphere of actually both got restricted because now Sparky you can't really Arch. run both. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. Um, so I, I sell it was a big hit to, to curse breakers though, both that FAQ and losing magical storm. Yeah. I mean, but even, um, you know, even some of the other groups like, you know, uh, you know, Yothari could have done magical. Storm. I didn't really see anybody using Yothari with Yothari that. Yothari had so many, Yothari has so many good, um, in faction objective cards. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you don't really need it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but definitely with Curse Breakers, you're going to see Magical Storm less. Um, let's see. Regal Vision um, was a thing that you would use with Molog. And so people were really only using it uh, to inspire Molog. So you would use um, Inspiration Strikes, which is the ploy, and also Regal Vision, which is the same as Inspiration Strikes. You just have to be standing on an objective. Um, but I think you're going to see Regal Vision less because Blazing Soul is so much better and can't be negated. Right. That was a big problem for Malog was people playing stuff that uninspired him or yeah. made it so he couldn't get inspired for the whole game. Cruel Taunt, Maddening Cackle, if you play Thorns. I remember I had to play you with Malog against Thorns a lot of time, a lot when I was playing Malog. Yeah, and that was yeah. the only way I won. Yeah. Sometimes I wouldn't even win when I did that. Yeah. Yeah, so whatever. Malog's the best. <laughs> um all right so so a little less regal vision out there I, i'd imagine um another one okay so this is one that we had put in there and i'll just mention it briefly because we before the restricted list was updated um we said that anti-molog tech seemed to was a sell because there was so much stuff here now that would make it a little bit easier to kill Molog. Plus, we also had the issue with Tome Molog sitting in the back, which means that he's not even going to come after you anyway, so you don't need to do this. 
Um, so we're talking about like Frozen in Time and Cruel Taunt and Transfixing Stare. You know, you can Transfixing Stare a Tome Molog sitting on an objective. He's like, okay, I'll just sit here and do Tome of Glory yeah. five times. Right. Um, you know, Rebound. Okay, I'm Tome Molog. I don't want to kill you anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, Frozen in Time. All right, I'll just sit here and now you can't kill me and I'll definitely score Acolyte at the end of this round. Yeah, the fact that the Molog deck has transformed into this Tome monstrosity means that it's it's kind of overkill to have all these right cards in there. I mean, either you kill him or you don't at this point now. I don't know, but but now with the restricted list, maybe maybe that's not the type of monologue you're going to see. You're going to see that that yeah, one that you want to tech yeah, for. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. And if it does, then you're going to want to put these cards back in your deck because he's ridiculous. Yeah, maybe. All right. Um. So so we're moving on though. Uh, the next one, uh, another sell is keep them guessing. Yep. Um, I think that you're not going to see this quite so much now that reactions on fighter cards don't count towards this. Yep. So Guardians and KOs, I know we're using um, keep them guessing quite a bit. And so I think you'll still see it in other groups. Like I think uh, Thorns will be using it. Um, your occasional uh, Gitz, Curse Breaker Gitz deck might be using it. it. But... I think I think Gitz, Gitz, be using Gitz can it, do because yeah. they they have the action on um, the the squig guy. Yeah, Drizget. Drizget. They have the, they have an action there, and then Snurk is also an action, I believe, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I think you'll still see it with them, but um, but since Guardians and 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 the Gun Dwarves, uh, those reactions don't count towards it anymore. I think they're going to be seeing it less, so I don't think you're going to see it as much as you used to. Right. All right. And then uh, the last thing we want to sell. And uh, I think that this is just good deck building anyway. It's just third end phase scoring objectives of all shapes and sizes that are not superior tactician yeah, or acolyte. Yeah. There are so many good score immediately. And third end phase objectives are just gum up your objective hand and opening hands. And I just think that they're just in general, just not good in the game at the moment. Um, and I, so I see people out there still playing with, you know, like annihilation and, 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 and denial, denial, and maybe conquest in certain decks. Maybe oath of conquest is okay. If you're playing Godsworn, I think that might still be viable, especially now after the restricted yeah. list has changed. Well, cur currently in the game now, there are so many easy score immediately. There's a, there's a, a few less now. There's but, no reason to yeah, be there's no reason to keep phase. those third end phase ones. The only ones that we recommend are Superior Tactician and Accolade of the Cataphranes. If you're playing tomes. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise everything should be immediate scores or the easiest and any end phase score you can find. Yep. All right. All right, that's our list. So we come to our last section, the the our Yeah, I'm going to let you take over this one. Thank you. The recurring uh, segment we like to call Keys to Salvation. Um, today, we're going to talk about gaming with uh, with children, playing uh, Warhammer Underworlds with children. Um, and I th was thinking about this because I've played a lot with, with my son. I have a six-year-old and I have a, a, a two-and-a-half-year-old and when uh you know when the little guy gets going you know we'll get him involved in the game too but um but my my older son he really wanted to play the game with me because he saw me getting so into it so i said okay let's go ahead and do that now at the time he was like five so he was like going into kindergarten and um 
the thing is, is that I realized very quickly that you basically, you can't, if you're playing with little tiny children, they really want to play the game. They love the idea of like throwing dice and having these little cool things that you painted, you know, and that was amazing. But the thing is that they don't know how to read. So, so, so what you should do if you have non-readers, like really young kids who want to play, um, that, that, that's what I did over here is that I split this into like how strong a reader they are. Cause I think that that's really what will determine whether or not, uh, they'll be able to get into the, into this game at a certain level. So, um, if you have a non-reader, if you have a, a you know, four or five-year-old going into kindergarten, hasn't learned to read yet. Um, I suggest playing the game with no cards except for the player cards. I found that my son was able to understand what the symbols meant and he understood numbers one, two, three, four. So that's kind of all they need. And you can say, you know, like this is the, how far they move. This is how many wounds they can take. He seemed to be able to handle that. And he also could understand to a certain extent, the, um, eh, not really though. Uh, but the the inspire conditions. Um, so I would I would really suggest first of all picking. Um, so 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 if you have a non-reader, a young kid, don't play with any of the cards except for the player cards. That's it. Use the fighters that have a lot of range and also have a lot of fighters. So I wouldn't recommend the stormcast because if you have stormcast, you're going to go three activations. They're going to want to charge in every single one, <laughs> and they're just going to. What are they going to do on their fourth activation? Nothing. So I think uh, Skaven, Godsworn, uh, Guardians, Reavers, Orcs, Magors, these are all good um, uh, op like starting factions to play with little kids. And when you're doing this, remember, just just roll dice with them. Have fun. Don't, yeah, don't worry about seriously. charging rules because, honestly, they're not going to understand why this guy can't go and that guy can't that guy can go that guy can attack but that guy can't they're not going to understand that well so, yeah you said it was hard for your your son to to understand that he couldn't activate with a guy right more than when once. he already had a charge token yeah. so just like don't worry about that just you know like oh magor he can charge again sure why not yeah i mean so, the point is to like have fun and introduce them to a game and and spend time with them not spend to time with you know, them. yeah exactly them, you know, or and, worry about getting all the rules right right and, um, and, you know, it, it gives them a chance also to like kind of learn very ba basic math skills, like one plus one or two or whatever it is, you know, they, they, they will be able to, to kind of deal with that. They can also, you know, anyway, so, so that's what you do if you have non-readers. Now, when my kid started going through kindergarten, he started learning a little bit how to read. Um, so when, so for your emerging readers, your kindergarten, first grade, maybe, um, this is what what I did with him is that I started doing um, simple upgrades in what in like an open pool. So what I would do is before we started, I would put out like six to eight um, upgrades facing up, almost like it was a store. And um, so what we did was that, and they would be simple ones, really simple ones, like great strength. It says plus one damage. Um, you know, great fortitude plus one wounds. Great speed plus one speed. Concealed weapon was a good one. Awaken weapon, you get a reroll. You get extra on a crit. These are very simply worded things, and and the wording on them is not like super difficult words, which you can you know you can help them. It lets them practice their reading as well. <clears throat> but we kind of played it like I did <clears throat> when he was uh, when he wasn't a reader, 
which is just, we were just charging everywhere and rolling dice and having fun, you know, but, but occasionally when something would die, when something got taken out of action, I would say, okay, you get to now spend this glory and put one of these upgrades on one of your guys. And then I would do it too when I killed something. So um, it's, and it got him kind of like into the idea that, oh, there's other cards involved. Um, and you so weren't that, playing with the ploy card. You you weren't. You no, no, no okay. ploy cards yet. No objective cards yet. Okay. No. And then the last time I played with him, now that he's finished first grade, <clears throat> and his reading is decent. You know, he's like he's he's reading de- decently sized like small chapter books, so um, he can read things that don't have very large words in it. You know, like words that he's never seen before. So he's a little bit of a stronger reader now. So what I've so now when we play the game, what I'll do is not only will I have the pool of upgrades around um i'll also pick three or you know four very simple objectives that i'll put face up in front of him and say hey if you do any of these things during the game you're going to get an extra glory and you get to have another one of these upgrades so i pick things that were very simple like advancing strike which is just you know you kill something in your opponent's territory very simple defensive strike kill something in your own territory very simple uh, shining example is that if you, you know, if you get, you know, if your leader is inspired, fired up, if you, if anybody's inspired. Um, <clears throat> so, so we were able to play with just a few upgrades, some, you know, end phase, you know, uh, score immediately is they're just, they're just out there. They're very simple to understand and he can read them. And so he knows that like, okay, well, if this happens, I can do that. And of course, like when, when the actual trigger happens, I'll like remind him. Um, but that's kind of where we are right now. Um, I think that when when the kids are a little bit older than that, when they're like third, fourth, fifth grade, you can start to give them very simple ploys to have in a hand, but just to have them to just have the hand in front of them at all times. Like here are five cards that I can play at some point, um, you know, like but pick the ones that are like, if you miss, you get to attack again. Um, I wouldn't maybe ready for action. Ready for action is actually pretty, pretty straightforward. You put an upgrade, you get to make an attack or you get Mm. to make a move. Um, so these are all things that, Mm. that we can do when they're a little bit better at reading. And remember, as you're going, you kind of want to scaffold it where you're kind of like adding in things as you go a little bit as their reading levels get better and better and better. I think that by the time they're in middle school, they can just play the game. Yeah, because um, I think that the I think that the reading level for the game is kind of like like a like solid middle school, and it's, certainly in high school you should be playing the game as well as anybody. Um, so I, I think that I, I think that the trick is to just pay attention to the reading level of of the person of the kid that you're playing with, and just make sure that it matches what they have to deal with. And well, yeah, uh, the reading is the the you're saying yeah. is the biggest barrier to understanding certain aspects of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just the ability and the ability to make the connections in the uh, in the reading of the cards. I mean, what what do we do? You know, you and I and anybody else we ever talk about, we like we we like pine, we uh, we pour over the minutia of the wording. Right. You know, that's what it's all about. I didn't even like, know for a while that what's it, I I remember I didn't play with uh, the one where you three three upgrades are played. Escalation. Escalate. Yeah, I, I, for a long time, I didn't realize that you could get that off of your opponent. Scoring that. Yeah, because it doesn't say you. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say your word. I was just man. like, oh, right. three, play three upgrades, you get two. Okay, that sounds reasonable. Oh, Sphere <laughs> Gehur killed me. Come on. Oh yeah, yeah. Still, uh, yeah. Even I still, I, I, mean, I just figured yeah. out like uh, somebody sent me that point that out to me. 
right. Yeah, no, but it, it all has to do with the reading level. So just kind of like gauge what they can handle. Keep it, you know, but but challenge them a little bit. Um, but but not so much that, you know, you're just playing two sides. You know, you want to make sure that that the that the kid that you're playing with is actually has agency over what they're right. doing. And, and I, I really like this move. I really like the idea you have of putting the pool of upgrades like face up next mm -hmm. to the game because that uh you know encourages decision making and also like their own personal expression you know like you, you don't know your 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 child might gravitate more towards like defensive upgrades and then they get to see how that plays out or you know and they might say oh well last game I got this upgrade and I really liked it so I'm going to try to go for it again or they might decide to over something completely different the next game so yeah and they might yeah they might think that maybe hey like i, I picked up a great speed but it didn't really help me like maybe yeah. i don't want to pick that one next time um another thing is i would caution everybody out there who is playing with kids um don't 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 crush them <laughs> don't crush their soul and be like oh okay so let's see is that where you want to put that fighter all right well i'm gonna just go do this and blow you know like don't do that like, nope you played that in the wrong phase you missed the Sorry, opportunity man. now you're yeah don't do that but <laughs> But on the other end of the token, you know, don't let them walk all over you because then they're going to get kind of this weird version of the oh, game sure. where they think it's incredibly easy and they're really great at it. And they actually are, you know, they need to be challenged. So I think um, do what you can to try to keep the games close. Sure. Yep. So maybe make a slightly suboptimal move sometimes, but not a stupid move. Yeah. Like you have to, you have to get in the game, and they have to, they have to feel the pressure of what's going on, so that they can, you know, grow and learn from the experience. I wish when me and you were playing, sometimes you'd be like, you know what? Maybe I'll just move this guy over here, just to give Randall a bone for what's that game. But you never do, so whatever. What's that? Um, yeah, no, I, I never do that. No, never. Okay. It doesn't feel like it. No, no. Do I never? I don't. No. No, you really don't. I don't. You don't. Okay. Ever. You never do anything unless you can kill my guy and <laughs> and get out of it at the same time. You just sit there drawing cards until you can do it. Sure. All right. Okay. Sure. All right. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, Randall. We did it. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Um. So I think that we probably have one more episode by the end of the summer, but then I'm gonna be on that long, you know. Yep. On vacation and then there's nova um yeah so uh everybody out there you could probably maybe expect, i'll do a solo episode one time you could do a solo episode i wouldn't be against or that. me and one guest it's not gonna be as fun yeah it won't be nearly as good but, sorry you know sorry my guy all right anyway but uh everybody out there look hey go on facebook and like our facebook page go on podbean go on itunes subscribe follow whatever it is you have to do Please go on all of those services and put some sort of rating or comment saying uh, what you think about the show, um, you know, and uh, it really helps out. It makes the podcast more visible. We've said this before. Any of the podcasts or content creators that are out there that you like to, um, you know, you like to read that blog or you like to listen to that podcast, just take two seconds literally two seconds rated a five if that's your thing and just say uh yeah i like this one boom and it really does help because it makes uh it makes the podcast more visible and more people can free effortless it. support it really is and you know like we're not you know randall and i don't you know we're not like trying to make money off this or anything like that we just like to do it so it's really we're doing this from the heart 
Um, so just, you know, a little, little, little five rating. Boom. These guys got him. All right. Yeah. We see you next him. time. All right. Anyway, see everybody uh, from battle for salvation podcast this is Max Bernstein. I'm Randall. And we'll see you guys next time.